What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's well. Um, I have not watched any. Well, that's not true. I finished watching Boruto. Very sad how it ended. Um, but I'm really excited to see where the story goes from here because I know manga part one just ended and I know how it ended, but now I want to see where they go next. The anime, they're currently developing the second part. I'm really excited for that. I'm still watching the Dragon Ball Blue saga. It's really good. Can't wait to finish that. Now I want to start playing God of War Ragnarok again because I haven't really played it. I want to start playing that. I'm gonna. I'm telling you guys this so I could keep my word to you that I'm gonna start a website on Squarespace. I'm gonna start writing the articles. Can't wait. I'm really excited, nervous, but we all got We got to do what we got to do, right? But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure to follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. everybody i am back of course i had wisdom teeth surgery so i was dealing with that but we are back it's good to be back um to tell you i'm a hundred percent no but i'm not in pain it's just that it feels kind of weird still but other than that i'm already eating regular food i'm doing all that good stuff but enough about me we are here to talk about the mma landscape UFC 287 is this weekend. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira or Pieda, or if you want me to say Alex Pieda versus Israel Adesanya before you guys start getting fucking. He didn't say it right. He didn't say it right. I know you're out there. I know you guys are out there, and that bothers you. I don't understand why, but it shouldn't bother people as much as it does. But for whatever reason, it bothers people. But okay, we're cool with that. What else? Let's see, what else here? We're going to talk about the sale. We're going to talk about PFL. I still haven't watched the PFL. Don't get mad. Don't get mad, guys. I still haven't watched it, okay? I have not watched it because I was watching WrestleMania. I was pumped for WrestleMania. That It was awesome. I wish I had the money to go, but unfortunately, I had to watch it from my TV. But it was still cool. It was still cool. What else? We're coming back two episodes this week. Today's Monday. We're coming back two episodes. So keep an eye out for that. This is episode 97. We're going to reach episode 100 next week. Can you believe that? 100 episodes of the Punch in the Mouth podcast. This is insane. So it's going to be an opinion episode. That's good. That's good. That's good. That means I'm going to rant a lot. So let's get into it, guys. We're going to start off with UFC San Antonio. I know it was ages ago, but we didn't talk about it. And that was the last thing we talked about before I had to go and get what I had to get done. So let's talk about it real fast. Crazy fights. Crazy fights. Oh, and I went. How did I do? How did I do that day? I went. Because I only picked three fights. I think I went 
two and one. Yeah, because I picked Holly Holmes and Macy Barber and Cheeto Vera. I didn't do a graphic, so I can't differ. So if you guys remember, let me know. Let me know who it is I picked, but I'm pretty sure it was those three fights. Madness, madness, madness. Okay, so let's look into it. Corey Sanhagen defeats Marlon Vera, split decision. 48-47, 50-45, and 49-46. Again, we go back to the Texas Commission. What are you guys doing? Like, what's going on here? How in God's name can you tell me Marlon won this fight on the score? Where did he win? I kept telling people, you could give Marlon one round. You can even argue for two because I think I gave him the third and the fourth. Or I might have gave, gave him. It was either the third and the fourth or the third and the fifth. But I want to say it was probably even the fourth. And if you really want to fight, you could give him two rounds. But how did you score this fight for Marlon Vera? You won judge. And and I hope, was it the judge that almost let a guy die in that other organization? Did you guys hear about that? The dude was in a triangle choke. He passes out. The ref has no idea. He wakes up in an arm bar and then he taps like, what? And then I come to find out that that ref judged. I don't know if it was that fight itself or a different fight, but he judged on that UFC card just the following day. Like, what? Like, what's going on here, Texas? This is Texas's problem. This is not the UFC's problem. The UFC could probably have better practices, you know? Like, well, let's vet these guys, but this is Texas's problem, not the UFC's. It was Fury FC. Let's read this article. Texas Commission Referee Under Fire for Stupidity at Fury FC 76. Texas Commission Referee Under Fire after Stupidity leads to frightening scene with unconscious fighter. It was pretty frightening. The Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation... The state governing body that oversees combat sports is under fire in the wake of an apparent gross incompetence by a referee at Fury FC 76 in San Antonio. The incident happened Friday during a competitive flyweight main event between Dana White Contender Series veteran Edgar Chiriez and Guinani Vasquez. In the fourth round, Vasquez took down Chiriez but quickly found himself trapped in a triangle choke. Chiriez managed to lock in an even tighter, lock it in even tighter, and the unconscious Vasquez crashed down to the canvas after about nine seconds. Vasquez stopped moving, and it was clear to everyone except apparently referee Frank Colzano that the, he was unconscious. The commentary team of the UFC welterweight Alex Morno, Michael Alexander, and Rahil Lamanandili began calling the finish, but Colazo didn't intervene. He watched closely as chaos ensued. Like, dude, I, I don't like calling anybody dumb, but dude, come on. Like, I was looking at him, and I'm like, dude, what is this guy doing? What is this guy doing? Let's keep going. He watched closely as chaos ensued with the cage side broadcasting imploring him to stop the fight while Vasquez was still locked in the triangle choke. He's breathing like he's out. He's breathing like he's asleep. Look at his leg, said one commentator. Carizzi transitioned to an armbar. It was clear Vasquez was out as he laid there motionless, but Corrazzo still let the fight go on. Frank, he's out. Frank, he's out, exclaimed Morano. Dude, I wish I would have seen this fight. 
Frank, oh my gosh, Frank, it's done, Frank, it's done. Ramazan Ali, Ramazan Ali, Ramazan Ali, that's the dude's name. And, and, <laughs> and then it goes on to say the only, the only thing these two commission guys deserve is to get fired. Uh-huh. And then it says, Theory FC says, Corlazo failed to protect Vasquez. No, no shit, bro. No, duh. In a statement issued on Facebook, Fury FC expressed disappointment towards Colazzo and said he failed to do his job properly. Yeah, we all saw that. We all saw that. It is the referee's job to protect the fighter when the fighter cannot protect him or herself, the statement read. In last night's main event, the referee failed to do this. While the job of a referee is one of the hardest to do in this sport, the need for proper and continued training would help elevate things alleviate not elevate sorry alleviate things like this situ like this incident fury fc added that it had no role in assigning corlazo is that really up to the commission it's not up to the i didn't know that okay first of all that that okay that in itself does not surprise me because bro i've been gone in 10 minutes doing this we're already about to hear another rant from me this is Texas, bro. Like, you, we've seen what they do. We've seen what they do. We've seen what they do. It goes on to say, we do, we do not hire, train, or select reps for our shows, but we would be more than willing to lead a revamp and overhaul of the refing and judging selection and training process, UFC said in the statement. And then it goes on to say, it is unclear how many bouts Corolazo officiated on Friday prior to the Fury FC 76, Carlazzo officiated in nine bouts at Fury 73 in January. <laughs> now here's the commission statement. Oh, get ready for this, bro. I haven't read it. In a statement to MMA Junkie, what's TDLR? I don't know. TDLR spokesperson, Tela Mange, 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 or Mangi, issued a statement that seemingly contradicted Fury FC's claim that the commission alone chose Corralazzo to referee its main event. TDLR is aware of the concerns about officiating in one of last night's fights. It's not one of last night's fights. It was the fight, okay? It was the main event. All eyes are on your event because you guys built it around this card. Don't throw it away that it was just, oh, it was another fight. No, it wasn't. It was the fight of the night for this event. So stop. No, there needs to be accountability here. All TDLR officials receive ongoing training and we monitor each fight for consistency and fishing, Manch said. Fight officials for each competition are always selected in conjunction with promoters. <laughs> so somebody's lying here, bro. Somebody is lying. It remains to be seen what, if any, punishment could come down on Corlazo. The TDLR will be under the spotlight Saturday night. As UFC on ESPN 43 takes place at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. UFC officials confirmed to MMA Junkie that Corlazo will not referee any of the bouts, but will serve as a judge for Andrew Lee versus Macy Barber. Okay, now I'm going to go see. I'm glad I found the, it told me the fight he officiated. So now I want to go see if he's the one that gave it to Macy. But I want to see the officials. Okay, here we go, here we go. Kisley gave it to Andrew Lee because I thought Andrew Lee won that fight. Frank 
Corralazo, Mr. I almost let somebody die the night before. I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound mean, but that's what happened. Gave it to Macy, 29-28. Damn, Gliotta gave Macy all three rounds. I want to know what fight these guys were watching because I remember clearly Andrea Lee winning this fight. Like, come on, bro. Texas, you got to do better. And he's rapping fights as well. Like, what's going on here? Do you not have enough officials to just be judges and not refs? Look at what Jeremy Stevens said. I like Macy, but damn, Lee was robbed. Get these judges the F out of there. They are ruining the sport. He's not wrong. Chris Curtis says, did not see that coming. Aljamain starting 30-27. Damn, Mergliotta, very interesting. But hey, hey, I don't mind the winner. I mind the scoring, but hey. Some guy put, did Dan Mergliotta just judge his first fight with that 30-27 scorecard? Everything about that scorecard feels sketchy. Where did Dan Mergliotta slash judge come from? Stick to rapping. I left out a few F-bombs. Dan Mergliotta scoring it 30-27 for Macy Barber. Shows that MMA refs are also <laughs> not good at judging. Can someone get Dan Mergliotta away from judging and away from refereeing while they're at it? Wait, but he does, he's not a bad ref. Is he a bad ref? You guys got to show me some fights where he was a bad ref. Just. Dan Mergliotta should not be judging fights. What a robbery. Andrew Lee won. Mm. Wow, Macy Barber defeats Andrew Lee via split decision 30-27, Not sure what fight Dan Mergliotta watched to give either fighter all three rounds, but always one, there's always one in a split decision in the UFC. Dan Mergliotta needs to stick to okay. They're all, yeah, but that, that is weird. Why, why would he give her 30-27? She clearly did not win all three rounds, but okay. But yeah. The Texas Athletic Commission needs to do better. Because then what happens is they won't get events. I mean, like, I bet you Dominic Reyes doesn't want to ever fight in Texas again. Because I bet you him and John Jones happens in Texas. I mean, in Vegas, he would have won. I can't say that confidently, right? But I would assume so because a lot of people thought Reyes won the fight. Holly Holmes defeats Yana Santos late. Landwehr defeats Austin Lingo. Macy Barber defeats Andrea Lee. We just talked about that one. Albert Durayev defeats Chidi Okani. Daniel Pineda defeats Tucker Lutz. And um, somebody was supposed to fight, but they got somebody got sick and they pulled him off the card. And also, Donald Cowboy Cerrone is now officially going to be in the UFC. What a class, man. You got Jose Aldo going, you got Jens Pulver going, you got Anderson Silva, and now Cowboy? What a crazy, crazy, I think this is probably the best class the UFC's ever put together, man. And last year they had Habib and, and Daniel. What a crazy, crazy class this is going to be. Can't wait, can't wait. That's going to be International Fight Week, so make sure you check that out. Make sure you check it out. But yeah, man. So, let's get into the fights. Well, no. Well, not yet. Not yet. So, I want to talk about Marlon Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. First of all, Corey Sanhagen's the man. I need to put more respect on his name because I honestly thought Marlon was going to run right through him. I honestly thought that. And Corey Sanhagen said, hold on, dude. I have other plans, okay? So, 
Matter of fact, for to Corey, he he moved his feet fast. He looked like a, a Dominic Cruz when Dominic was fighting in his prime. I love Dominic Cruz, but we can all be honest here and say Dominic isn't exactly fighting as fluently as he used to. And he's getting older. That's gonna happen, right? He's getting older. But Corey, man, that dude was just firing on all cylinders. Again, I I want to know how a judge gave the fight to Marlon because. There's no way Marlon won that fight. And that's not disrespect to Marlon. It's just that, that whoever gave him that fight doesn't know what they're looking at, honestly. Corey? What's next for Corey? Definitely he wants where Rob Wall is really. But then I heard a rumor that they wanted to do Marab versus Umar. And I'm telling you guys, Umar is next. The only reason you don't hear about him more is because they can't seem to be getting this guy fights because... From what I hear, they try to make him fight top competition, and they go, well, who has he beat? And they try to get him, like, competition towards his ranking, and they don't want to fight him. I'm just saying, give him a title shot already, bro. Can you give him a title shot? Can we give Umar a title shot? Because I guarantee you he'll win. But you know, Umar versus Henry Cejudo, that would be an interesting fight. I don't know if they'll do it because I know they all they, them they're both represented by Ali Abdelaziz, and Henry has a really good relationship with Habib, so I don't know if they would fight, but that'd be a good fight. But Marab versus Umar, that's a great fight right there. I'm surprised they couldn't get that done. Supposedly Marab is hurt. I haven't reached out. I should reach out to his management and see what's going on. I might do that. Holly Holmes. I mean, let's look at the rankings to see where we can. Get these people. I use the UFC rankings because I'm pretty sure that's what they go off of. Like everybody else's rankings is whatever. Like ESPN's rankings, MMA fighting's rankings. Like that's whatever to me. Okay, Corey Sanhagen is number three. He wants to fight Marab. Marab is number one. Sean O'Malley's two. Peter Yan is four. And Marlon has already called out Peter. Rob Fon and Adrian Yanez are fighting this weekend. What is Adrian Yanez? Adrian Yanez is 12, and he's fighting Rob Fon. That's number 6. Umar's number 11. You know what Umar should call out? He should call out Ricky Simone because Ricky Simone beat Rob Dwalibuzi. And then you have Pedro, Pedro Munoz, Song Yodong, and Dominic Cruz. Now, I also did hear that they're trying to do Dominic Cruz versus Cody Garbrandt, that'd be a good fight, especially where they're both adding their careers. Cody looked good, too. Like, people are saying that he looked like garbage, but he had a, if he was going in with, like, a compromised neck, you try and go fight with a compromised neck, see what happens. Um, But, yeah, if I'm Corey, I'm either pushing for that Sean O'Malley fight because Sean says that he won't be the backup fighter or that Marab fight because Marab has said he won't fight Aljo. If he could fight Sean O'Malley or Marab, or he could just wait and fight for the belt. But then, you know who's sitting pretty if he were to win? It's Peter. Because Peter beat him soundly. Just saying. Peter beat him soundly. So, yeah, we should look into that. I mean, Cody's next moves are going to be crazy. Holly Holm, give me one sec. Holly Holm is number three. She already has a win over Raquel. Why is Raquel Pennington ahead of her? Um, and then there's rumors that Juliana Pena only wants to rematch Amanda Nunes. So, 
what they could do, but she already beat her. Just have her fight Irene Aldana, but I don't know if she's going to want to do that. So we'll see, man. But she's sitting pretty right now because she already beat Raquel. She beat on the Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone fight. And then, I can't remember if she beat Juliana Payne. No, who I'm thinking, because Valentina beat both of these girls. She beat Holly Holm and Juliana. So, I don't think they fought, but I don't know. Because I know they were trying to set up Irene Aldana versus Amanda Nunes. And it just didn't come. They were trying to set that up for the John Jones card. And then I don't know where they did Alexa Grasso and Valentina Chevchenko. Like, that's another interesting one, right? Because I don't know if a lot of people know that, that they were trying to set up Irene and Amanda, and then they turned it around, and it was Valentina and Alexa. So I don't know if that played a part in, and I don't like saying these things because then people say that I'm diminishing Alexa's performance, Alexa Grasso, because then they're going to come back, well, you have to stay ready to, so you, don't, you should stay ready so you don't have to get ready, you know? Which I get to an extent, but a lot of people saying that don't know what a training camp of MMA consists of. And then their next argument is, well, that's what they signed up for. I'm like, yeah, that's what they did sign up for. But that's still, it still doesn't mean that it's not hard, right? So we shall see there. If I'm Holly Holm and they're not going to give me either a title shot or somebody above me, Go and pick a fight with Irene Aldana again, even though you already beat her. She's got a lot of momentum behind her because look at all the Mexican champions they have now. They have Yair Rodriguez. Don't come at me. That guy's a champion, okay? They have Brandon Moreno, and now they have Alexa Grasso. And if what they really wanted to do was Amanda Nunes versus Irene, because I heard two things. They wanted to do that. If not, they wanted to do Juliana Pena versus Irene Aldana for, like, uh, a title eliminator fight and Juliana Payne didn't want to do that I don't understand why can somebody explain to me why not is it that you fear that she's going to beat you and you're going to lose your spot or do you feel because of the way you beat Amanda you, you just deserve the third fight can someone explain that to me But so if I'm Holly Holm I would go okay I want to fight Irene even though I already beat her because she's got a lot of hype behind her right now because they wanted a booker in the title fight. So if you're looking if you're Holly Holm and you're looking at the landscape, okay, you're like, give me Irene Aldana. If not, give me Juliana Pena. Let me go fight her and I'll take both of their hype and then you give me the rematch with Nunes. That's what I would do. But again, I'm not a manager. I'm not a fighter. It's very easy for me to sit here and say these type of things. But let's move on to some weekend action that there was. The PFL has returned with their first event of the season. Main event, Brandon Lockhane defeats Marlon Moraes via TKO leg kick. Round two, a minute, 11 seconds in. It's Lockhane. It's not Lockhane. I'm sorry. In the co-main event. Who was the co-main event? Bob Wilkinson beat Tiago Santos. Oh. Fellery defeats Christoph Juko. I hope I said that right. Movild Movild Bulave defeats Roigio Kuro. That that must have been. I didn't see any of these fights because I was watching WrestleMania. Sorry guys, and I haven't gotten. I've been really busy. I've been busy trying to get 
all the equipment back up so I could start doing this. Um, the the YouTube videos are coming, bro, because I just need to set up one last thing and we're good to go. So keep an eye out for that. Bubba Jenkins defeats Chris Wade. Warren Hamlet defeats Mohammed Frank Hederinding. I did not say that right at all. Okay, let's go. Now, one, I want to look at this Marlon Moraes versus Brennan Lockhane fight. That guy's good, okay? That guy could fight in the UFC, but if he's happy where he's at, leave him alone. Um, But my buddy who did, he, he watched it. He's like, dude, I don't know if he, he's never sat down to watch PFL before. But he's like, dude, like these guys seem tentative. And he even pointed out to me, he's like, I know it's because they have to fight again, but... He's like, I don't know, man. Like, they seem tentative. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, think about it. We see UFC, and, like, they've done a very good job. We're going to talk about the merger later, but they've done a very good job because they promoted themselves very well. They copied the WWE model because WWE sells itself. It's not selling you a performer. It's selling itself because WWE... Can say, all right, we're going to have an event in Miami, Florida on the 10th of April. Tickets go on sale next week. That event will sell out without anything else being announced because they put themselves in a position. Sorry if you guys are hearing that. I hit the microphone. They put themselves in a position where that's where they got the fans to care about. They didn't, the three letters WWE, where the UFC is doing the same thing. You care about the three letters. It doesn't matter to you who's fighting. The fact that it's a UFC event, the fact that they're the number one league in MMA, that's what you care about because they put themselves in this position to be the best. Like, look at this Brendan Locke main guy. This guy's the man, bro. Like, he, I believe he's never fought in the UFC, but he is the man. Again, the Pitbull Brothers, the, I sound like a broken freaking record. The man, Vadim Nankov, the man. I sound like a broken record, I know. I know, but there's talent out there. AJ McKee, the man. Larissa Pacheco, she's the truth. The woman, should I say the woman? That doesn't sound correct, does it? Say that into the microphone, I'm sorry. I'm gonna die. But yeah, man, so... Give the PFL a chance. I would keep giving it a chance. I would call it the... For me, it's tied with Bellator for number two. And I forgot to watch one FC or one championship. It's called one championship now, right? It's not called one FC. It's called one championship. Gosh, darn I can never get that right. I forgot to watch their event. I'm definitely looking forward to the May event between them and... Between Mighty Mouse and Ariano Moraes. It sh that should be... Awesome, bro. Cannot wait for that. But we also got PFL coming in hot next week with headliners Larissa Pacheco. What it? What's the weight? Is it? Is it featherweight? It's it's. Is it featherweight? My boy Bruno Capelosa's coming back. But I think this is featherweight. They're not saying what weight class it is, but I believe it's featherweight. But like, look, so. Pacheco will take on Juliana Butter in the main event. I believe it's Bruno Capiloso will take on Mateus Sheffield. Bruno Capiloso is the man. Jorgen De Castro will take on Dennis Goldsoft. 
Goldstar, Goldstar, Henning Fierro overtaken Rizvan Kuniniev. It is featherweight because this Olena Kolsnik will take on Aspen Ladd in the prelim. Can't wait. I love PFL, man. As much as I love Bellator, as much as I love UFC, I can't wait. I'm definitely going to watch this one. Is this one on Friday or Saturday? I think this one's on Friday. There's another thing that to me. Why did they do PFL on Saturday? Did they take it? Did they try to take advantage of the UFC not having an event? But they went head to head with WrestleMania. It wasn't smart. Let's move on to UFC 287 this weekend as Alex Pijeda looks to defend his belt against Israel Adesanya. Gilbert Burns will take on Jorge Masvidal. Rapang will take on Adrian Yanez. Kevin Holland will take on Santiago Pontinibio. Raul Rojas Jr. will take on Christian Rodriguez. Chris Curtis will take on Kevin Gastelum in the featured prelim. Michelle Watterson is fighting. Gerald Mearshart is fighting Joe Fryer. Carl Williams will take on Chase Sherman. And on the featured early prelims, um, Cynthia Calvillo will take on Lupita Godinez. That's going to be a good fight right there. And Michelle Watterson will take on Luana Pinheiro. So we shall see what happens there. But I want to talk about this main event. Okay, ready? Here we go. People are saying that they stopped the fight too early. That doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is we're, we're sitting here April the 3rd at 5.30 p.m. Talking about the rematch of this fight. It's technically the fourth time these guys fight and Alex is 3-0 and against him. And I say the fourth time because their fights mainly happen on the feet. And did Israel take him down once or twice? Yeah, but Alex got up. It's not like Israel turned into Israel Nurmagomedov, you know? I'm just saying, it's not that. So he's like 3-0 and against the guy. I wonder if after this he's going to be like, dude, I beat down. Like, if he wins, he's like, I beat down the guy you guys were having a hard time beating. I'm going to light heavyweight. Because they even, there's even rumors about Alex going up to heavyweight. Can you imagine him versus John Jones? Can you imagine that? This is going to be a good fight. I believe it's going to be very technical. Mm, what else can I say? I believe Izzy's going to do very well in this fight, but I also believe Alex is going to show something new in this fight because of we all expect certain things from both of them, and I believe they're just going to surprise us. I can't wait. Now the fight that I'm really excited for, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. Now Jorge came out and said... Before we get into it, Jorge Masvidal says UFC 287 may be his final walk if he's not successful. Masvidal meets Gilbert Burns in Saturday's co-headliner at the Miami-Dade Arena in Miami. The main card is on pay-per-view following the prelim blah blah blah. Masvidal 38 will look to snap a three-fight skid against Burns. As much as a loss will deter him, a win could lead to a title shot against champion Leon Edwards. We're seeking revenge from their backstage altercation at UFC London event in 2019 at a UFC. I said at. This could be my last one, Masvidal said during the UFC 287 countdown episode. If I lose, I'm pretty much calling it quits. But a win against Gilbert means that things are headed in the right direction. 
So if I roll the dice and do everything right, I'm going for it all. Masvidal is no stranger to a must-win situation after back-to-back -back losses in 2017. Getting bread took some time off and returned to have a very remarkable 2019 with finishes of Darren Till, Ben Askren, and Nate Diaz, which shot him to superstardom. I think I'm at my best right now, my mental game, my physical, and now I've got to go out there and improve it, Masvidal said. I've got my back up against the wall, and I get to start my resurrection here in Miami-Dade County, the city that birthed me, that made me, that molded me, so I'm more than excited. April 8th, I will give it all I've got. I win, we keep rolling the dice until we get that belt. Okay, here, here's my problem, like... Even if he were to lose, so what? Dude, if you really look at it, he lost to he lost to Usman on Fight Island. He took that fight on eight days' notice. He lost to Usman again, but he was doing good in that fight. So, like, I don't understand. And then he loses to Colby. First of all, I want people to realize, Masvidal had a rib injury back in December, and he took that fight in March. Like, remember that. Like... I'm pretty sure even though he might have been healed, he couldn't go 100. So think about it. You, you're injured in December. You're going into camp January, February. And you're fighting on March 5th? Like, I need people to remember that because that, that seems to be lost on people. Because people are saying, oh, he didn't look that good. Like, he didn't look like he was in shape. Well, no, because he was probably still dealing with the rib injury. He's just not saying that because of the type of guy he is. Now, do I agree with the assault he did on Colby? No, 100% I don't. But I do believe that this Masvidal we're going to see on Saturday is going to be the Masvidal you guys were used to seeing against guys like Nate, guys like Darren, guys like Ben. But the Ben one doesn't count because he just ran at him and need him into next week, you know. But like Nate, the Darren Till fight. I believe that's the Masvidal we're getting. I believe it because I, a rib injury really hinders your movement. It's hard for you to breathe. So we shall see what happens. But yeah, man, I'm excited. So let's go down this card. Let's go down this card so we can see what happens. So what Masvidal needs to do is keep it on the feet. Gilbert's dangerous, but Gilbert, what he'll start doing is he'll throw like power shots. And if he doesn't start getting you, he tends to get tired, and then he's going to resort to the jiu-jitsu. That's where Masvidal needs to stay away. He needs to use the leg kicks. He needs to use that kick to the body that he does so well. because And he needs to do that early because that'll help him in the fight later. It'll stop Gilbert from trying to go for takedowns. It'll keep the fight on the feet. He needs to go for leg kicks. He needs to use that boxing that he's really good at going in and out. Like, stay technical. Don't stay... Um, do the flashy moves like, yeah, the knees are cool, but stay technical. He's a really good technical fighter. What Gilbert needs to do is if he's able to catch him early, send him to the floor and then get on top of him and choke him out because he, you're, you're night and day better than him on the floor. And there, I believe Masvidal is the more technical striker, but Gilbert can catch him and send him to the floor. It becomes very interesting, you know. So we shall see what happens. But I'm really excited for that fight. Adrian Yanez versus Rob Font. Rob Font's got crazy boxing. Adrian Yanez has got crazy power. It's going to be fireworks. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Pontenivio. Dude, I didn't even know they were fighting. I'm excited. I'm excited for the amount of smack Kevin Holland's going to talk. 
Santiago Pantanillos, no slouch. ATT, here they come. Raul Rojas, that dude, he's got all the makings of being a star. Chris Curtis versus Kevin Gastelum. Cannot wait. Gerald Mearshart, I like that guy a lot. Carl Williams, Chase Sherman, crazy fight. Cynthia Calvillo versus Lupita Goldinez. That fight is nuts. I think Lupita's gonna get it, but that fight is still nuts, bro. It's still nuts. But yeah, man, that's this weekend. Of course, we're gonna do picks on the Wednesday episode. So now, the moment I have been waiting for. Maybe not you, but I have. We're gonna talk about the merger. So over the weekend, for those that don't know, over the weekend, rumors started circulating that WWE was going to sell to Endeavor Group Holdings. Of course, Endeavor Group Holdings is also the owner of the UFC. So WrestleMania was, like I've said it 10 times, it was this past weekend. And I started hearing about it Saturday night going into Sunday. So they asked Triple H about it on Sunday. He's like, yeah, I can't comment on that. I wake up this morning, per initial bombshell report by CNBC, the Vince McMahon-led company was sold to Endeavor Group, the parent company of the UFC. The news came just before the second night of WrestleMania 39 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, you see. After Paul Triple H LeBac gave a no-comment answer, it says game, but they meant, to put, they meant to put gave. When asked about it during a press conference, an official announcement regarding the merger was made on Monday, April 3rd. It comes right before the Raw after WrestleMania, a few days before UFC 287 in Miami. A new publicly traded company is expected to be formed between the UFC and WWE. This is a rare opportunity to create a global live sports and entertainment peer play built from where the industry has had Ari Emanuel, CEO of Endeavor, sent in a press release. For decades, Vincent and his team have demonstrated an incredible track record of innovation and shareholder, shareholder value creation. And we are confident that Endeavor can deliver significant additional value for shareholders by bringing UFC and WWE together. Now, one thing I want people to realize is they're going to stay as separate companies. Can we see now WWE stars purposely put on the, the UFC events in the crowd? Yes, we already saw that. When Israel fought, who did he fight? When it is who did he fight? When he walked out as the under was it was it was it Robert Whitaker? No, Jerry Cannonier. When he fought Jerry Cannonier, he walked out as the under. Vince was already right there. We've already seen Dana at WWE events for for Ronda Rousey. So we shall see, bro. I honestly believe they're gonna be kept as two separate companies. Now, one thing that. Ariel said earlier that got me thinking is this new company that's being formed. Let me see when these deals are over. See WWE. Let's see. WWE's deal with NBC Universal and Fox is worth nearly five million dollars combined annually. Expires next year. UFC's exclusive broadcast and streaming deals with ESPN are worth around three million per year and expires in 2026. Given WWE's deal expiring in the fall of 2024, it's unlikely a massive joint deal is on the cards. Endeavor stated it expects significant growth. Oh, wait. There was another article I had open that gave me um. Okay, look, look, look. Right here. Bro, but there's one thing I want to say. 
here's one thing I want to say. If, if there is this new group and they are eventually going to, let's say, it's, it's a new streaming service. What I want to know is, do I have to start paying? Do I have to keep paying extra for these premium live events like UFC 287? If I want to watch WrestleMania, do I have to pay an additional fee other than what I pay for Peacock right now? That's what I want to know because if if not if not if not I'm all for it. Even if it's like hundred and fifty dollars a year, if you're gonna give me WrestleMania, if you're gonna give me Backlash, if you're gonna give me the Royal Rumble, if you're gonna give me all the UFC events without additional payment, I am all for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't you guys want? I know, I know, people want that because people are mad that they have to pay additional money for for the UFC pay per views. People wanted the UFC Fight Pass to be what the WWE Network was. They have a chance to do it now, and here are four key revenues of growth that Ari wants to do: maximizing media rights value. So, like, who gets the the broadcasting rights for ESPN? Can you imagine? Look at look at where Ari Emanuel's sitting right now. He's like, dude, I have the UFC. They're on ESPN. The WWE. They're on Fox. I'm the man right now. Two big broadcasting companies, and Ari's the head of the organizations in that. Okay, enhancing sponsorships opportunities. Now this is where it gets interesting for me, because like, is it that? Whatever WWE gets in sponsorships, they're going to do the same thing with the UFC because it's going to be one company? Does that mean, when does the Venom deal expire with with um, the UFC? Let me check. So, that just got, they just extended it, but when does it end? Two years. Oh, it, that was three years. Okay, what? So, last year, okay, this was last year. So, there's two years left, bro. So, does it end in 2020? It probably does end around the same time the ESPN deal ends. In September, right? That's crazy. Can you believe that? So, going back to the... Did I take it off? Was it an idiot? And then, bullet point number three is accelerating brand and talent placement product licensing. Again, you're going to see... I wouldn't be surprised if you see UFC fighters in the crowds. I wouldn't be surprised if you see WWE talent in the crowd. Developing new forms of content. Now, this is where it gets interesting with, like, Make-A-Wish Foundation and stuff like that. Right? Like, I can already see it. The UFC and WWE are partnering up with blah, blah, blah to bring you this experience. And then, are they going to have, like, cross-promotion content on the streaming services? Hence, when these deals one's done right like that's the other thing is there gonna be a new streaming platform that they're not talking about just yet because they can't because both of these companies are locked in current deals like that's the crazy part right so we would have to wait until 2025 to see that unless an announcement comes that they're gonna renew it but dude if there's gonna be a new streaming service and i can get all the content for just like 150 dollars a year i'm in because I'm going to tell you something. I guarantee you the, the, the UFC pay-per-views aren't doing as well as they used to be doing with an $80 price tag. Can you tell me that they are? I guarantee you you can't. I guarantee you you cannot tell me that they are. 
I guarantee it. But I'm excited to see what this does. Now, will it come to a point where they start looking at it and be like, yo, bro, what are we going to do here? Like, if one of them doesn't start performing, maybe. But I believe they're so big that both brands will be fine as separate entities. They're just going to merge into, like, one big company. But I believe they're going to keep it separate. Because then fans would really, like, lose it. But we shall see what happens, man. But that's all I got for you guys. Um, make sure to follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.